Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Natural Expansion. I'm Wardy and with me today is Philandros, as the same as last time. What's up, man? Yay, I'm back, yeah. Uh, what's up? Well, it's late here, but nothing can stop me from talking a bunch with you about StarCraft for me. Yeah, man, uh, I, I, I bullied you into it. I was like, we need to do this tonight, otherwise we're not going to do it. And this is going to be good, man. We're going to be two weeks back-to-back -back actually doing the show, like... Such consistency, dude. Actual consistency. And I've got another one planned for later this week with a bit of a different topic that I can't really get into kind of live, but yeah. Um, all right, all right. It's pretty it's pretty exciting. Me and you wrecking stuff up. Now, we were going to try and get some guests on, but apparently a few days after the final WCS event of the year, everyone's just gone on holiday. Slash, no one's, <laughs> no one's really around much, you know? So uh, we wanted to get this out in time, so we figured we'd just do kind of a Me and Philandros episode here. Um, as we get a bit more organized, we'll get some special guests on for future episodes and so on here on the Natural Expansion podcast. Um, we'll also just say that we're also going to have a um, uh, some feedback from last time as people saying, well, if you are going to put it on YouTube, you may as well record some sort of images as well sometimes rather than just having a... Um, rather than just overlay, having like, right? like yeah. just the overlay... Which I, I sort of, like, because I want to mostly make this a podcast, I wasn't, like, eh, you know, I wasn't too into it. But then I figured, well, he's sort of, they're sort of right, right? Like, nothing wrong with a couple of still images just to kind of reinforce the points for anyone who is watching on YouTube or watching on, like, a streamed version rather than just listening on the iTunes. So, uh, we're going to kick this off and go into, well, our, our main topics today, actually, I'll just take us through it, is we're going to recap, basically, WCS Montreal and what happened there. Obviously, it was the final WCS circuit event of the year, which finalizes our WCS circuit standings. And then we'll talk a little bit about WCS Korea as well, as we have the lead-up to the final events of the year in Korea over the next week or two as well. So that's what we're going to be chatting today. And we're going to kick it all off with WCS Montreal. Uh, I got to cast WCS Montreal Group Stage 1, 2, and 3, and I had the privilege of casting some of the Round 16, which was awesome, although I managed to cast like four three zeros more or less, which was not so awesome. <laughs> Uh, how was your time casting, Moth? This was your first time casting DreamHack, right? My first time ever casting DreamHack, and the WCS event for that matter, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah I did it with uh, with Vintage Joshua Crisp. It was a good time. I actually like it's kind of it's, you're being in, you're in the forefront of the game, right? Even though you're not actually there, you still get to enjoy the games like outside yeah, of Yeah, it's stream. really it's really crazy. I remember when I first got to do a DreamHack. I can't remember which one it was, but I remember when I got the email, I was so excited. I was like, ah, because back then it was like really competitive to get. It's not as competitive now, I feel. Not to, yeah. not to, not to put you on the bus or anything, but like, really true. I remember back then, like, you know, you had to really fight with other people for it. And there'd be people who, like, you know, people, you know, people would get missed out. People were like, well, how come they aren't casting DreamHack? And the answer was they just didn't get picked, right? Yeah. Um, I remember I was real excited about that back in the day. But yeah, it's so cool. You get to kind of cast the games. You get to literally be a part of StarCraft history. To some, to some extent. To some extent. Like, and it's like uh, sometimes you have like exclusive games that other people, other streams don't get to see. Right? Yeah, which you, is, you makes are it extra special. Like... You are literally the reason people are able to watch this game of WCS, right? Yep. It's uh, it's really cool. So yeah, um, glad to hear you had a good time casting it. Um, I obviously did. I, yeah, always, absolutely. I always have a good time casting dream hacks. There's one well, wasn't so bad. You would assume so, right? <laughs> yeah, you you just you might enjoy casting a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Um, I was gonna say like this this dream hack was actually kind of mental because there was so little downtime. We were just talking about this. There was so little downtime where there was nothing happening, but there was a lot of downtime actually trying to find games, which was even for me a bit weird. Like you have to be yeah. really kind of rigorous and. 
it wasn't so bad for me on my like, my main account because like I, I'm I you know over the years I got pretty good at sort of keeping track of who's about to play, who's playing what, who I should be watching out for and stuff. And so, on my main account it wasn't so bad, but I had like a two screen, two like account setup, and on my second account I just couldn't get games right because I just couldn't put in the time of finding games. So it was a little bit crazy. Yeah, well, I think what they did is they held games after a while, right? Like, after a certain series, they held yeah. the series up. And that, that really slows things. Well, it, it basically allows every game to start at the same time. So you're going from series to series to series, and then it suddenly stops, right? And then you have to wait for the next round. And that's pretty much what happens. Yeah, uh, it, it's a bit weird. I mean, it's one of those things which is very hard to organize properly anyways, right? Like, I, I mean, you're meant to, everyone's meant to start at, like, 12 or whatever, but then no one ever starts at 12, and then some people even were just setting up for an hour and then got disqualified in the first round. I think that yep. happened. So, I mean, it, it's a tough one, but just from the community caster's perspective, where entitled, you know, we feel entitled enough to bitch a little bit, like, why don't we get back-to-back -back games with zero downtime at any point? Yeah, okay. Re, um, <laughs> <laughs> go for a good old re in here. I don't think we've ever actually had a live re on natural expansion. So, oh boy, it's... first time ever <laughs> breaking the virginities of natural expansion. Right here. <laughs> All right, um, I mean WCS Montreal. Let's talk a bit actually about the event then, rather than just fucking blowing our egos off about uh, getting to cast it. Um, what an event, honestly, like, I, I, I cast in group stage 1, 2, and 3, I'm just going to start there, because usually I would skip to the bracket, but holy shit, I don't know about you, I casted some fucking insane series in the first group stages, even group stage, like, group stage 1 was, like, the typical warm-up, but wasn't necessarily as, like, kind of warm-up as usual, because there was some good matches, we sort of covered that in the last episode, what to watch out for and stuff, uh -huh. um, but group stage 2, I remember... I casted like special versus DNS, and it was insane. Like, oh really yeah, crazy. Like, super yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you casted anything out the groups that you thought was really like standout or anything. I'm, I'm, I'm not even sure at the moment. I know I casted. Uh, actually, cast. I think. Let me let me look at the results again. Yeah, uh, uh, U Thermal had just lost two one to John Snow, yeah. so that was kind of an upset, right? And then, mm. and then I had to cast him versus Dolan. Uh, which was interesting because TVT, you never really know how TVT goes. Obviously, yeah, Uthermal sure. is still a heavy favorite, but still, like, you know how, how TVT can really get messed with you. And then uh, and then after that, we saw Uthermal 2-0 uh, over Jon Snow uh, again and to still advance from group stage 2. But that was really scary, especially because we're both Dutch, obviously, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. He's, he's your roommate, man, or your house. He's my roommate, but, like, yeah, it, it, it was just really, really exciting to, yeah. uh, to see that. Yeah, I think so, yeah. storylines and upsets and just exciting games happened all over the shop. Like, this is not a set of, like, 2-0s in any of these groups, really. Like, obviously, there's some groups with 2-0s in, but there's, like, some well-fought battles. Like, sort of had to go to the decider match against uh, Puck. Uh, sorry, against Drunker Boy after he lost out to Puck. Um, Jake 4-0'd his group in group stage 2 after you questioned him getting out of group stage 1. We're like, he's yeah. got a tough group. He, You know, he only 2-0's Semper, and... Then Semp has to be game time to get out in a free game series. Uh, scrolling down, no regret goes out to Lambo and Snoot. I wouldn't say that's too much of an upset, but I was catching Snoot and no regret. And no regret took game number one and was ahead in game two. And it was sort of like, Snoot, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> Kodas Zerg, real good right here. Um, just to quickly wrap up Group Stage 2, Drogo and Special, I think, were the biggest real knockouts because those are the players who you could expect yeah, to go out. Special, I mean, man. Well, special, right? Like, Round of eight finisher, maybe Drogo was round of sixteen this season a few times or this year a few times. 
you know, he, you know, he we expect Jorga to do well, but he didn't quite make out the PvP. But special was this player who's been so consistent all year long, and for the first time, he just ran into a brick wall. Yep, yep. I was specifically like a DNS two warning him. Yeah, that was the series I cast. That was really, really good. Like the first, yeah. like the first game, special sort of DNS fought well in the first game, and special just sort of like said, "Hey, look." This is why I go to the round of eight at WCSs, and why you're sort of like round of thirty-two, still trying to be a bit of a breakout player. Not to be hard to d DNS, but like you know, you can't name a round of eight performance for DNS, right? And you say a special, it's like oh, round of four, round of eight this year, yeah, right. multiple times. And then DNS in games two and three just played the sickest macro games. He cottoned on to the fact that special was just trying to like out macro him and stuff, and like uh, not out macro him. Obviously, that's kind of the point in the game. But like he was just trying to like harass, but he was like you know. DNS was like, okay, well, you're good at harassing, but I'm good in the straight-up fights. And it was actually kind of crazy to see him just sort of make small changes to his play to fix that. And then uh, yeah. Special actually got knocked out by Zanster in the decider match of the day. So that was... Insane. Yeah, really, really kind of the talking point of group stage two, I think. Special being knocked out. Um, he had BlizzCon hopes on the line as well. Like, uh, you know, he was going into this in a good position, but potential to get knocked out. We'll talk a bit more about that kind of in those stories as we move on through. Um, I guess a good time to go into group stage three, where we did have the majority of the BlizzCon stories kind of, kind of stomped out more or less. A yeah, big story much. was basically we were expecting maybe Uthermal, Drogo, or Showtime to come through and win the event, and to knock one of the current top eight players out more or less yeah. um, of the top eight. And then you know, and if that happened, obviously it became a race of which of the top eight guys or fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth guys finished further ahead than the others just to stay ahead. Like who got knocked out first? Um, and honestly, it wasn't actually that exciting a storyline in the end, because I think it was like Snoot, Kelazer, and True, who were like the real kind of guys who were kind of at the bottom in trouble. But they all advanced through into group stage, um, out of group stage three and into round of 16. And uh, pretty much the only two people left fighting after that was Showtime and Scarlet as well, to kind of like really go forwards and win the event and knock people out. So yeah, that storyline kind of kind of died a little bit <laughs> i was really hyped to watch it. i was thought like you know yeah. i really thought someone like snoot might get knocked out early and he might get like clinched out of blizzcon because someone would go all the way but yeah i mean obviously we'll talk a bit more about that later uh, group stage three don't really want to dwell on the group stages right because they're not the major parts but i mean you're expecting people to go out you film going out was the first real knockout of that sort of absolutely storyline yeah. Because, I mean, okay, yeah, sure, like, sort of going out to be of an upset, but sort of wasn't going to be one of these players we're looking at who's been this year dominant enough or good enough to really go forth and maybe win in a WCS and to knock people out of BlizzCon. Again, it was like Uthermal and Showtime and maybe Drogo we were looking at. And, well, I mean, Uthermal got knocked out. Showtime looked pretty good, though, for through his group. Actually, looking through group stage three, I don't really feel like there's a lot of upsets here. Not maybe, really, no. Maybe Haas versus TLO. Um, Zanster going out after you knocked out Special, but it's completely different matchups. And, you know, I'm not really... I think you feel, you know, when you see that Uthermal... I mean... The way, like, uh, for example, like, Uthermal get knocked out, I think it's a shock, but when you see he beat Nurture, then lost to Massa, then he lost to Nurture again... Yeah, and he like, said he, he, said he felt that. completely outplayed by Massa as well. That's what he said, right? And Twitter, at least. Uh, I, he I said, didn't see that, but... Yeah, he said he he just felt like Massa was just way better player in that series. Mm. So it wasn't even like it was a mess up or something like that. What yeah. what happened to Valencia, you know? But this was like a legit, uh, I, I guess he would call it an outplay, right? But I think no, that's I, like TVT, right? Like we know yeah, Massa's obviously. good. And in the mirror matchup as well, I think 
It's sort of like in Korean TVT, I give all the top Koreans a fighting chance against the other guys. And I think it's very similar in the, like, the circuit scene as well. Like, if you put the yeah. top-ish Terran players against each other, you know, I think sometimes U-Film wins and sometimes Massa wins. Like, it's one of those tough ones. Absolutely. I feel as though it might have been better for U-Film if he had a different draw here where he plays Bio-Ice first, then plays Nurture in the winners. Because I know U-Film really struggles with playing people twice. And Nurture is not the sort of player who you can play the first time and just sort of, like, get by, you know, and just, like, yeah. mess around. And then sort of, like, you know, not pull out your builds, basically. And I think that's where maybe Mark fell into a bit of trouble there. But, yeah, Group Absolutely. D was kind of the the biggest upset, I think, for me. Like, again, like, Pilly Pilly knocked out, Semper. Again, you know, you see who they're knocked out to. And they're not really, like, you know, sort of gets knocked out to Snoot and a laser. Not really a shocker. Pilly gets knocked out to Saralyn DNS. Not really a shocker either. Nam I think Char Lambo goes... taking fourth place in his group, Group G, was kind of yeah, unexpected. Yeah, and also maybe so. Zanster fourth in his group, and Namsha not making it. That was kind of a... Then again, Harsan being yeah, kind of right. on the rise, I guess. This, this is what and, I mean, uh... though. Like, you look at Namsha getting knocked out, and it's like, Harsan and Kalazur, well, those guys have been playing pretty well yeah, lately. Like, exactly. And I mean, it's not like it wasn't close. Like, Harsan 2-1's Namsha the first time, yeah. Kalazur 2-1's him afterwards, like... It's like a brutal way to go, but that's just how it is. I Absolutely. mean, let's just finish off going through the groups, I guess. True and Haas out of Group F. I know what you mean about Zanza getting knocked out, but he got 0-2'd by True and then by Haas, and Haas kind of wasn't looking bad this event. Like, Absolutely I casted not, yeah. him, and we're going to talk about this in round of 16, but I casted him in round of 16, and like, honestly, he took a map off Snoot, and you know, we say, oh, Haas, nonsense, Oracle, bullshit, whatever. I mean, that's the metagame right now, you know? Like... Maybe Haas does it a bit more crazy, but... It's In a not, world where you know, his playstyle is the meta. Yeah, I mean, he, he won this game against Snoot. I'm not even joking. He had 186 army supply on the map. I, I mean, yep. just because, like, it was just the way it went. Like, he got ahead early, and he just played, like, a very solid macro game from there. Eventually throws away all his probes, and he just has, like, literally an unkillable army. So, Haas was playing well, and, like, I think it was a shame that TL got knocked out, but... Ah, you know, has played well enough to justify getting out of that group. That was probably one of the closer groups altogether. Like, all four players were playing well. Yeah. And someone has to go out. Again, Group G. I think Cham and Scarlet are both very good in sort of the... Sort of the ZVZs and sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, you expect Cham this year has been doing well to get out. He's actually ninth in WCS circuit standing, so it's not that much of a shock. Scarlet's been doing okay as well. She's been around a 16 finisher in 2017. To see kind of Lambo losing out to Puck, I suppose, is a surprise. But Puck was pretty on point this event. Who did he? Puck beat someone in the earlier group stage, I think, that was kind of kind of sick for him to uh, make it from uh, to make it through. Hang on, let me go on over here. Yeah, Puck beat sort of to go out of the group in the first place, right in the group stage. Two, yeah. So it's not really like surprising that he then beats Lambo, I guess, if that's the form his PVZ was in. But then he went out to Scarlet, anyways. Uh, just to wrap up this group stage three, just to Again, move through this. Um, Showtime is still moving out against Probe and Jig. I mean, Probe, Probes, you know, Jig, we probably expect him to fall about this point. Probe, I mean, Probe and Soul, I mean, Probe's very good. Soul's very good as well, very underrated player, so I think that pretty much wraps up on the groups, unless you got something else to say. Not really. I mean, groups, as you said, they were pretty straightforward. Obviously, we have 16 players advancing, and we have more than 16 players who we think could make it, right? So it's yeah, always gonna, exactly. there's always going to be people who are going to have the short end of the stick here. And yeah, in this case, gonna be tough. pretty much all third places were that, I think so, anyway. All right. 
So, I mean, then we talk about the playoffs. I mean, let's just go to the storyline. Neeb wins his third WCS circuit event of the year. Like, I know I'm sort of skipping out results in the round of 16, but I don't want to kind of just go through that and be like, oh, well, this guy did this and this guy did that. I, I wanted to go through the groups because we saw storylines in terms of WCS stories being killed. But let's just go to the WCS story of the year, which is Neeb wins his third WCS. Like, insane. Drops two maps. One map, he didn't have detection against a proxy cloak Banshee. And the second map, I don't know what happened against Scarlet. I think it was a late game one, but I mean, it's Scarlet, right? Like, she yep. shows up, but other than that, he was just bopping people. 4 Snoot, 3 True. No he's won issues. 75% of all the WCS, WCS events this year. I mean, what's, Three quarters, crazy, like... what's crazy is he's had two events this year which are perfect runs because he won Challenger into WCS, so he literally gained the most WCS points possible. He won another WCS event where he went out like round of four in Challenger or something. And it means that overall, he is almost, we're going to talk about WCS circuit standing soon, but he's almost doubled the WCS points of second place. Yeah, that's in, that's insane. not even been thought of before, I don't think. It's actually crazy. This guy's just been dominant this year. You know, the one time he lost in WCS this year in playoffs was against Special 2-3. In probably one of the series we'll be talking about in a few months from now still. So... Yeah, for sure. I mean... what What's to stop this guy? He comes out, says, it says in an interview, Yo, I just think I work the hardest with a bit of, you know... Now, you know, I, I, you know, obviously I've got a bit of a gift for the game. You need to, to be the very best at something in the world. But I just think I work the hardest. <laughs> what can he even say? Like, the guy's just like a god. He just has a really positive attitude about not thinking he's the best because he just is. But he just works for it. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're completely right there. Like, it's there's no real, nothing really to say no. here. Ne well, it's, it's, I, I, I think... Unless he has like he's figured something out that the rest of us just haven't caught on to yet. Like he's just working harder. I think it's he's just better. hard work, he's man. Just... He plays yeah, in career, just... plays a lot. Yeah, I mean, what what more can you ask for? Like, he's just got yeah. it figured out. He's got it on lockdown. Because the thing is, I think as well, he didn't just look good when WCS. He truly looked unstoppable. Like I struggled to think of moments in his matches where I was like. God, Neeb's in a bit of trouble here, and he turns it around. It was just controlled throughout. Like, this might be one of the cleanest tournament victories I've ever seen. Because even yep. when, like, Tasia went for a flawless tournament, he had games where it was like, it was Tasia, right? Where it's like, oh, God, Tasia's in trouble, but it's Tasia, and he's like a god, and he just survives, and he micros his way out of it. Neeb just didn't have that situation. Like, I'm sure he probably could have gotten himself out of those, but he didn't even, like, allow those to happen. I know. It's Absolute just hero. pretty much a well. I don't want to say a perfect one because he did not win sure. every event, I guess, but close to it, right? Right. Like it's it really is crazy. I though. doubt we're gonna get. I, I, okay, so unless Neep just continues building on what he's done this year, I don't think the any subsequent years will be this one sided as it has been for first place. I mean, place, right? this this really feels like neat. Like this really feels like Stefano era. Only it's a bit different because yeah. we don't get to see Neep fighting Koreans. If Stefano in Stefano era was able to play like a WCS circuit event like it is now, I think Stefano would probably be the guy who goes and wins three of the four events in the year, right? Absolutely, yeah. But even still, it's like, you know, he is like, you know, he's just the god of the moment. So yeah, um, yeah. I just wanted to get that one out of the way. Um, let's just go back to the start. Again, we entered the, the round of 16 with two main kind of BlizzCon position talks on the line. 
You know, again, we talk about the you know six to eighth place. Kalazer, True, and Snoot were all in this sort of position where basically they have to go one round further than the other if Scarlet or Showtime win, basically. And Showtime went out round of sixteen. Kalazer, and when that happened, Kalazer, Snoot, and True are basically safe and. Less Scarlet won the event, and, and that's pretty much it, right? Like, that's, yeah, and in the round of eight, the, the, yeah, exactly. the, the deal was sealed. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the deal was sealed, as you say. Like, it was only for seeding after that point, and like again, like Scarlet Nelly went out of host and he was two zero up, and Scarlet came back. I, I don't really want to talk about many of the like specific results because I don't think there's much of a need to. But I just want to talk about again, like the players who had stuff on the line really did their job. True, three O DNS, Snoot, three one Hass. And Kelazer, like his, you know, one of his biggest threats is if he loses to Showtime, he's still safe-ish unless Showtime wins the event. But he knocked Showtime out for E2 in another crazy series of the weekend, and winning that pretty much secured him from BlizzCon right there. Like, yep, you know, it was it was pretty much impossible not to go at that point. It would have been such a low chance because while Scarlet's good, we just talked about how good Neeb was, and even if Scarlet makes it through Neeb, then she has to ZVZ her way semifinals and finals. I, it's it's possible, but I wouldn't say it's like the expected way for things to go. No, exactly. This was probably the most likely outcome, and it, I mean, it you know it came true. Yeah, I think if Showtime gets through Kalazer, like his PVZ has always been one of his matchups to you know sit in awe at, and I think Snoot's someone he can beat. I think a laser's someone he can beat, and then I think if he does face Neeb in the finals, like Neeb always gets the better of him, but. Those guys have played some crazy series as well, where Showtime has been on top two. So, yeah, yeah, you for know, sure. That that would have been, I think, the biggest threat there was Showtime. But again, Kalazer stomped it out before it became a threat. And again, like move, you know, we basically had the top eight that we went into the weekend with because Neeb won. Nothing too much changed around either. And um, that's kind of that. It's, it's I, I kind of feel weird moving on because I feel as though I haven't talked much, but it feels as though the top eight is very much as you expect. Like a lot of the talking was. Who made it from round of 32 into round of 16? And then from there, the expected players made top 8. Like, am I surprised Nurture, True, Neeb, Scarlet, Serral, Laser, Snoot, and Colors are top 8? No, because they've all been there this year already. And I think that's one of the craziest things. In fact, we're going to bring up the uh, WCS standings now and uh, talk about that um, a little bit. Um, just to kind of wrap up where the WCS circuit ended. But basically, if you go through the top 8 players, they were pretty much in the top... 16 for every major event this year apart from true missed out on yep. top 16 in Yonkaping. special missed out on top 16 in montreal and a laser didn't even go to austin so he didn't get any placement there which i mean that's just crazy though right and like even it's like that, it's like, painfully consistent you know yeah i mean that that's the thing but like i think what's crazy is just how consistent the top eight players are like we just see the same players being top eight all the time. And it's almost as though there is this sort of gap in the foreigner scene right now where you've got, you know, you've got people like DNS can beat special, but in general, special is in this sort of top eight zone. That's just a little step ahead of the others. You yeah. just can't get theirs consistently or whatever. Like, I mean, I actually look below the top eight and it's like, well, there's barely any players here who have been in anything past the top 16. Showtime made it to the round of eight once this year. So did champ. Actually, Cham made it twice. Other than uh -huh. that, you have to go down to like yeah, Thermal made round of eight in uh, Yonkaping. Drogo made uh, sorry round of, yeah round of eight in Yonkaping. Drogo round of eight in Yonkaping. Like you really have to go far down. Like there really isn't. I actually think I'm safe in saying that there was only 
five performances this year which were top eight WCS finishers that didn't finish in the top eight WCS circuit standings. That's crazy, right? Out of like what? Uh huh. Eight eight top you know, eight players in top eight every for four events is thirty two. So Absolutely. what, like twenty seven out of thirty two players in the top eight are the players who finish in the top eight of WCS circuit. That's so consistent. That's like I might be I might be a little bit off like Scarlet. I just missed out there, so that's like I guess twenty six, but like I am just looking at this at like a glass. Right? It's still like, you know, yeah. a seventy five percent plus percentage. Like that is crazy. Yeah. Wow. I Insane. mean, I'm just going to go through these. Uh, obviously, this is a pod, the intent is a podcast. So, just to go through the points. Neeb, you mentioned it 10,350 points first seed. Um, I think what's really impressive about Neeb's performance is that he barely even picked up points in other places. And you might say, well, where? Well, a couple of IEM events, uh, Katowice especially, was the one that was realistic to qualify and get into. Shanghai was difficult because it was on the Korean server. Um, but Neeb only picked up 150 points there, whereas some of the other players in the top eight, e.g., for example, Serral, picked up 900. Uh, Nurture picked up 450 in Katowice. Just to kind of put things in perspective, that Neeb is this dominant just through the WCS events. Again, three victories, yep. two challenger victories, a second place in a challenger, second place on points a laser, 5,245. Like, literally just under half the points, or just over half the points of Neeb. Yeah, it's insane. He's been on top of his game this entire year. And I mean, you could even say for like last year as well, right? Uh, yeah. But I think he, last year was just gathering the strength to, to really put his best mm -hmm. foot forward this year. And he's shown it like completely. Yeah. I'm actually going to be excited to see how he does at BlizzCon, but mostly even next year, to be honest. Can he keep this up? Like, Because yeah. right now, I, I don't think anyone anyone can confidently say, oh, yeah, I have a 50% 50, 50 or more win rate against Neeb in yeah, any day. Like, no one can ever, no one has not None of the foreigners, I don't think, can. No, no, exactly. And this has been the case for the entirety of the year. Like, he hasn't had a really weak moment pretty yeah. much ever, right? Yeah. So I think that's really, really impressive. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. So this is a run for the rest. Actually, Eliza had two top four finishes and a victory in Valencia this year. That's also pretty sick. Kind of, you know, considering he didn't go to Austin. Like, yeah. for the three events he attended, he got top four every time, won one, like... Well, a laser showed up this year. Just to keep going down, 500 points behind a laser was Serral. He finishes in third place. Again, these are just important for seedings. Uh, Serral finished second place to Neeb in Yongaping and had a round of round of eight finishes in the other WCS events. Snoot back-to-back -back second places dragged him up from round of 16 performances in the first half of the WCS events this year. He finished uh, 1,000 points behind Serral. Like, the gaps between these players is kind of insane. But yeah, Snoot saving himself for the back-to-back -back second place. It's great to see Snoot back on form. Nurture started the year strong and went a bit more average for what we expect from Nurture. Second place in Austin. Round of 16, Yonkaping. Round of 8 to finish the year. He sits just 50 points behind Snoot in fifth place. So another 500-point gap to Kalazur, who finished after a top four in Yonkaping. And then a solid round of eight in every other WCS event. True, actually, without scoring points in Yonkaping at all, because he finished round of 32. True actually came through, and he finished in the groups uh, in fourth, third and fourth place in Austin, Valencia, and Montreal. So again, pretty consistent from True, apart from his one big slip-up. And again, special in eighth place is an entire 7,320 points behind Neeb in first. <laughs> He's the last place finisher to take a BlizzCon spot. Top four Austin, top four Valencia, no points Montreal, but a round of eight in Yonkaping did seal the deal.
crazy. crazy. And, and the thing is, like, we didn't even have anyone come close after that. Like, it's over a thousand points between special and champ. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but it's I mostly mean, because that's of this. It's mostly because of like most players miss one event, and that's where their big chunk of points comes from. Right, right? sure, but I mean, for example, like Cham didn't make it into the points in Valencia. Even if he did, he'd still be five hundred behind Special, which is like one yeah. round further along in two events or something. Like, it's still kind of crazy. Like the points, are, the points work in a pretty simple way. You get three hundred points round of sixteen, six hundred round of eight, nine hundred round of four, fourteen hundred second, and three thousand first. But you get a direct qualification for first place, anyways, right? So, it is crazy that there is such huge gaps because it's, you know, it just shows, again, different levels of consistency, really, I guess. Like, uh, I guess it's the difference of, like, the second places. But still, like, between Special and Cham, I, 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 th I, yeah. I think the biggest thing is, we just mentioned it, right? Because these guys were so dominant and barely anyone else broke into the top eight, there's, of course, going to be massive, you know disparities in points because all the points are being absorbed by the players in the top eight like this really uh -huh. was by the top eight such a dominant year it really was it really really was but that said it was still kind of exciting right? it was exciting like, we, had was exciting. we had storylines we had storylines that direct seed to blizzcon and even if it, was, if it wasn't a direct seed if someone like euthermal wins montreal with three thousand points they still get into the event over true and special you know he would overtake true and finish seventh place if euthermal had won, won this event for example Right, uh, uh -huh. you could go down as far to 16th place. If 16th place Drogo went into this event and won, he would still finish above special by only 65 points. But it meant that you know the dream was alive. Like the BlizzCon seed doesn't even, you know, even so. There's obviously some arguments about should there be direct seeds to BlizzCon because if someone wins one event, what if they just drop off and they're terrible for the rest of the year? We haven't had to worry about that, and I don't really want to get into that conversation right now. But even if you ignore that, first place would have still changed everything. And that, yeah, it was exciting until the very end. I do Absolutely. feel, personally, the WCS events became maybe a bit stale because we kept seeing the top eights. Uh, I don't know about you, but because I watch a shit ton of StarCraft, I I got way more interested elsewhere. Because like, when I see the same round of eights happening, I'm sort of like, well, that's not super crazy i guess like you know like i i don't know i found it difficult to get hyped up a lot this year whereas in previous years it's like come on little bo like you can make it you can push through and stuff yeah, like that I, I agree with you but at the same time it's kind of funny to see like revanches right like rematches yeah, uh sure. and obviously but but in order to to enjoy that you need to actually be a consistent viewer as well i guess yeah uh which is kind of speaks to a more hardcore audience i guess if yeah sure I mean, so, people so, get excited about these players because they're really good, and it's, I, yeah. I think it's fantastic that we have the best of the best are just so consistent and like just keep Absolutely. on meeting each other time and time and time again to the point where it actually is a little bit ridiculous, you know? Like, it kind of yeah. is just uh, truly crazy. I mean, I'm just going to quickly pop back into 2016's results, and I mean, 2016 was a lot closer. Like, obviously, we saw a couple players making it through, but like, Euphermal missed out on WCS by 15 points. There was nowhere near as much of... The thing is, last year was very different with a lot more events to get high finishes in over the year. Uh -huh. But it was still a lot closer. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's tough. But last year we're was a lot harder to Another year next year, right? So we're going to have to see how we match yeah, it up. Yeah, I, I think next so. year, when it's going to be the same as this year, will be really interesting to see if we get more variety or if we don't. 
All right, we're going to start wrapping this up. And before that, we are going to talk a little bit about WCS career. Um, we are just talking about circuit standards just there, but we do have the WCS career standards, which are almost uh, locked down and finished as well. Um, but just a couple of slots left to fight for. So in Korea, just to run through this quickly, Stats, first place, 12,200 points, and is in the finals of a SSL. Uh, obviously, these events, for Korean players, there's at least, uh, there's at least, what, like, three, you know, three GSLs, two SSLs, two Super Tournaments, and they get themselves uh, IEM Gyeonggi counted from last year, and Katowice and Shanghai were very obtainable for all Koreans because of the, you know, just the way the qualifiers and stuff work. So yeah. obviously there's generally going to be more points available in Korea. And again, with a few more events available, and I wonder if that's maybe a talking point for another time. Is it the lack of events that made it so repetitive? Or, you know, what exactly was it? Because you could argue at the same time, like last year, a lot of play you know, it wasn't as consistent because people maybe had troubles getting through qualifiers into the big events in the first place because some of them were only 16-player events from the get-go. Anyway, yeah, conversation exactly. for another time. But yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to just go through this very quick. So stats in first place, you know, he picks up 4,000 points for winning the first GSL of the year. Look, dominant. He's got two second places and a top four in GSL as well after that. Like, it's crazy. So stats, 12.2K points in first. Innovation, 3,000 points behind him with a uh, with the um, 9,175. Still in the GSL finals, of course. We're going to talk about that quickly in a few moments' time because it's also important. TY is guaranteed a BlizzCon slot at 7.5k, as is Sue at 7.3k points. Obviously, back-to-back -back GSL second places for him. Nothing new. 7.3k points for Dark in fifth. Gumiho 6.5k looking to be the final player. That's already confirmed for BlizzCon. There is in Korea a GSL Super Tournament left and a GSL final that will influence points. SSL, the finals. Uh, spoilers here, guys, if you haven't watched it. Stats versus Dark in the SSL finals. Does not affect, you know, does not affect BlizzCon spots. It will affect Seeden, but that's it because they're both already qualified. Then we have the other tournaments to talk about. So, these are the talking points: Innovation versus SOS. First off, Innovation is currently in first, is currently already qualified, but he plays SOS in the GSL finals. Now, I don't know about you, Mart, but I pretty much expect Innovation to win that. Yeah, uh, I, I think so. Yeah, I don't want to really kind of get into a massive conversation. At the same time, SOS has always been a surprise. He's always come out of nowhere. And he does win big tournaments, right? Like, you can't deny that. He can beat the very best. So, I mean, he's in GSL Finals last year against Bjorn. I'll never Jack. forget that BlizzCon. Never forget the BlizzCon. That... Never forget that BlizzCon. <laughs> the, the guy that wins is... It's crazy, man. Like, this guy wins so much. He really is, I think, one of the underrated best players in the world. Because you just forget about him. I forget about him. And because yeah. he plays crazy and cheesy and different sometimes... I don't just forget about him, but I count him out. Like I don't you know, realize that. I even thought so he good. did League of Legends for a while. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I think he was like a coach for a League of Legends team or something. No. But he, like, in the meantime, he's he's racked up four hundred and fifty k in terms of dollars, SOS right? Over the last couple of years. I, that's not true. Not sure, you sure? I'm not. Yeah, even, uh, I'm gonna look true. it up later. But all right. Anyway, so SOS comes into this, and by the way, as well, Hero is currently in seventh place on uh, WCS points too. So basically. This is the way it goes. If SOS wins, he qualifies for BlizzCon, and it leaves one open spot. If SOS loses in the GSL Finals, he's 50 points ahead of Bjorn, 725 behind Hero, um, and then just a little bit further, kind of, he's just a bit further ahead, he's 575 ahead of Maru, 
575 ahead of Solar, and so on and so on. And that leaves us with GSL Super Tournament. The qualifiers for that are on Sunday, and that will answer a lot of questions as to where these players could finish in the WCS career standings. Basically then, you know, it's all about just outperforming whoever is left to outperform, right? So for Bjorn, he just has to finish higher than SOS, and he will make it into the, uh, you know, into BlizzCon. Yep, yep. For Maru, I think he has to get top four, and SOS has to go out, like, round of 16 or something. Like, it's, it's really, basically what I'm trying to say is, like, there's a bunch of situations, but the big story is going to be if SOS doesn't win and he has to, you know, then he basically has to outperform Bjorn, and Bjorn has to outperform him, right? Like, Hero yeah, should be fairly much. safe. Like, for Hero to miss out, first of all, SOS would have to lose in the GSL finals. Sorry, first of all, SOS would have to win the GSL finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Bjorn would have to go huge in the GSL Super Tournament. Like, I think top four is only 675 points. That's not enough for Bjorn to overtake Hero if that happens. So, 1,500 points for first... I mean, obviously anything can happen then. Like, actually, anyone who wins Super Tournament, if they finish, like, far enough, if Hero drops out early enough, they could overtake him. Like, Rogue, even. No, not Rogue. Uh, who's the not last Rogue. person who could? Alive could. If Alive wins Super Tournament, he got second place in the last one, he could overtake Hero. If yep. Hero drops out, and if Hero gets no points. So, again, I mean, it's a lot of ifs and buts. We don't want to go too yeah, much Yeah, the, the most likely scenario is... And, and well, okay, assuming Hero and SOS don't completely underperform, like beyond expectations, right? I think most of most of the eyes are going to be on SOS for sure, mm -hmm. uh, to see if he actually, you know, he can actually win GSL fair, or fair, do well yeah. in the tournament. Obviously, after GSL finals, that's Saturday morning, by the way, guys, early morning or late night Friday for Americans. Um, I mean, obviously, if SOS doesn't win GSL, he has to fight. But if he does win, then. <sighs> But it's actually kind of tough if he does win because Hero really only needs like to then get Hero, into GSL yeah. Super Tournament. If he gets into the Super Tournament, he's, he's good, right? Yeah, if, I'm pretty sure he's pretty good if he just gets in, anyways. That will uh, make it interesting. Yeah, that would actually be kind of really interesting. I'm trying to think why is um... all oh, right. So of course you have to advance around, right, to be able to um... yep. you have to advance around to gain WCS points. So invited players don't get that. So. That's what but, I was just trying to figure out. I was just trying to figure out the WCS points. All right, so top six. Right, yeah, yeah. So top 16 do get WCS points, but because Stats and Sue were invited, that's why I was confused at. Stats and Sue were invited, and because they were invited last time, they didn't get points because they went out in the round of 16. And you have to advance around to gain points. Yeah, so, of course. So basically... But, but honestly, if... Uh, so, so for interrupting you, but if Hero and SOS both advance, right, which is still pretty much the most likely scenario... Mm -hmm. If they both make it to BlizzCon, that means the career lineup is as balanced as it can get. In terms yeah, of that'd races, be sick. There would be three Protoss players, three Terrans, and two Zergs. You know, yeah. you know what though? You say that's the most likely, but is it really? Like, if Sa if SOS loses GSL finals, if uh -huh. anyone outside of the top six wins GSL Super Tournament, which sounds crazy, but like you're talking Bjorn, Maru, Solar, Alive, Classic. I mean, Rogue, Bjorn, and Rogue. Even rogue man, like yeah, if rogue. those players win GSL Super Tournament and SOS doesn't qualify, yeah, yeah, we're, we're still banking on SOS qualifying, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing, the qualifiers haven't happened, so we don't. Well, actually, yeah. I don't know if SOS gets invited, but if SOS gets invited, then he still has to advance from round of 16 to round of 8, right? Yeah, and of course, like, which might be harder, you know, there is the chance that he plays someone who comes up in from the qualifiers 
that can go and win the whole thing. Like, it, it's, again, it's complicated, but we're really looking at heroes pretty safe unless SOS wins BlizzCon. Uh, not BlizzCon. <laughs> if unless <laughs> SOS wins GSL. If SOS wins GSL, then Hero has to just make sure he performs well enough to not get taken over by the winner or hope someone above him wins. So that's what all eyes are basically going to be on in terms of Korean. That's what you should guys be watching out for. Um, GSL Super Tournament is a couple of weeks from now. Again, the qualifiers are on Sunday. And uh, the GSL Finals is on Saturday. So, Well, Saturday, very early morning for Europeans. Friday night for Americans. It's like 5 a.m. for me, so I think it's like East Coast Midnight Friday. So it's a pretty good... Uh, uh, yeah, should be. should be. That's pretty good for... Yeah, it's pretty much screws the Europeans this time, so... GSL Finals oh, have a no. thing for that, because they, they start like earlier to be able to like do the full event in Korea, right? So Yeah. Uh, so anyway, guys, that was our kind of Montreal recap and just talking a bit about WCS standings. Uh, kind of a kind of a rough topic to do on, you know, if you are listening on the podcast, maybe a rough one to kind of follow along with. Hopefully we did a good job of trying to keep you guys up to date with what we're trying to say. Um, and obviously if you're watching on YouTube on the Twitch stream, then hopefully the added graphics helped you guys out. Um, yeah, another episode down. We're going to keep on pumping these out, really. Uh, like I said, I've got some plans for another episode to come up probably sometime this week because I've got something going on later this week that'll happen. So um, we probably will have a guest for that. I don't know if uh, Philandros is going to be joining me, but it uh, depends on what we can get set up and when. But yeah, look forward to the next episode. If you did enjoy this one or have any feedback, let us know. First of all, obviously, as well, before I go, thank you, Philandros, for joining me for this one. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, other than that, I hope you guys enjoyed. Again, any feedback or anything, please let us know. I uh, hope you enjoyed listening, whether it's on the iTunes, whether it's on the YouTube or the Twitch. Uh, we'll basically will be streaming this at some point on Twitch. So if you listen on Twitch, hi, post some clappers in the chat. If you, watch <laughs> on, if you watch on YouTube, then hello, leave us a like, subscribe to the YouTube channels. Um, and if you're listening on the iTunes, then good to you. You're one of the minority. But um, maybe, you, maybe you kind of listen on one platform and you didn't realize we're available on the others, but we are. So do go and check that out. And other than that, guys... Thanks for listening to another episode of Natural Expansion. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll see you guys next time.